0: Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television series. Fargo Talks Fargo is hosted by me, Bill, and my buddy Sharpie, who's here in person.
1: Hey now, I'm here in Fargo.
0: I'm here.
1: I'm in Fargo. (laughs) It's from the movie Elf. Hope you find your dad, buddy.
0: Anyway, this season of Fargo Talks Fargo is sponsored by Fargo Brewing and their Wood Chipper IPA. Their IPA will wrap you in its loveliness with a warm body and, like I said last week, (laughs) chippity, chippity, chip, 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 goodness. Doesn't taste like ground up peat. It tastes like delicious, awesome hot beer. Learn more about the wood and fargo brewing at fargobrewing.com. Also, today's podcast brought to you by audible.com, visit audible trial.com slash Fargo Talks Fargo and sign up for a free thirty-day account and you can check out a book. <laughs>
1: Because listening to books is awesome. You don't just check it out; you own it. Yeah, you own it. You don't have you to bring it, it back. and it's yours to keep. Yours to keep. So you don't have to worry about returning
0: it. No, and not getting at all. Late fees? Nope. None of that. None of that's going to happen. So, Sharpie, we are currently streaming the show live. Yes. And nobody we're is, and nobody is here. But <laughs> we're doing
1: a little experiment. Because we're just doing it just because we felt like it. Why not? Uh, you know, yeah. Try a bunch of crazy shit you haven't tested yet. On the last show, on the
0: last show of the season. So let's get started, though. Let's talk about palindrome, um, and, uh, and and how we felt. We already did the hot dish, which was our our quick quick take, and now we're into the deep dish, where we, we we're going to recap the whole show. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you take the reins and run us down on oh, this. Okay. And uh, and talk about everybody. whatever you want.
1: Grab yourself a hot toddy.
0: Mm, I'm already enjoying myself. Lots of
1: parts of the country are getting a nice. You better Blank hand me a snow right now.
0: Hand me a wood chipper. Okay. He is literally. This is now. I've made Sharpie my beer maid. Um, here
1: it comes.
0: Thank you. Anyway.
1: And I'm over here now.
0: Yeah, come on, get back on, Mike, okay. shithead.
1: Well, where do you want to start? Do you wanna? Do you wanna like walk through the show? Uh,
0: uh, I think we can. Unless you wanna? Do you wanna just? Do you wanna go group by group? Or well, yeah, the,
1: the internet is is sort of buzzing with all kinds of stuff. So. You're not going you're gonna, to you're not going to get any um you know breaking news with this podcast but no, there's going to be no. some interesting stuff we talk about. Do you have any theories on palindrome itself?
0: I don't know if I do. I I you know and like I've said already I try not to read too much. Mm-hmm. I find that it's uh, I looked I look back a little to last season and I I tried to read a lot more. And I found that it was, I don't know if it was ruining or skewing. I wouldn't say those things. It was just, I wanted to like research more myself a little bit before I did some of the reading. And I feel like for me, it paid off a little bit this year. And just in terms of enjoyment, you know, I've, I read later and realize, oh, I was totally wrong or, hey, I think I might've been right about that. Um, but I mean, it's not that we don't read anything, but I did not, I couldn't figure out exactly what the palindrome was. Yeah. like like there was no like madam i'm adam kind of thing
1: right um i i think that this show title a lot of the show titles relate to the shows like that episode specifically to me this was more of the series a a name a title for the entire the entire show both seasons 1 and 2 for me palindrome was okay uh like on the musical side where we come back to those um to that score that we started with uh, the original series, season one,
0: or even actually the original film, or the original the, the film, Carter yeah. Burwell, you mean?
1: So it's kind of that's the first time it was so heavily played in this yes uh, season. So that to me is sort of coming back back to where we started. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the palindrome for me. It was in the score rather than the story. Yeah, that's kind of nice. I it, I kept so the more I thought about it, the more I kept getting to
0: more of a it was. It was. I. I kept thinking ah, palindrome. Not that I'm picking on it. I. I. You know, we're fanboys. We don't. We don't make any bones about that. But I kept thinking. I wished it was pendulum. Mm. That these these things swing back and forth, and we revisit this same path of light and dark, and and different sides of absurdity. Mm-hmm. Mm, I but, like that, but it's not. It's not the <laughs> show. It's not the show title. <laughs> it's not so pendulum. I know that. I'm just saying I couldn't figure that out, but I, I also have said it. I think I've said it one other time. Then it's like if we don't figure that out completely, it shouldn't it shouldn't change and or ruin in any way the the, the enjoyment of the show based on what we think we see. Because I know there's already gonna be a few things that we either do or don't disagree about. So I mm-hmm. do I do I, upon my rewatch I still love the opening, um, the narration by Lou. Uh, poor poor old Rye, frozen up next to the brisket. Um, Otto Dodd Simone. We did get a note from somebody who I should probably look their name up really, really fast. Um, and I noticed it too, and so did uh he. Mm, oh goodness, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, uh, Patrick, I know said it, and I think somebody else did. Um, that all the guys were shot in the head, and all the women were sort of shot through the heart in a weird way. And they did both. I didn't realize till the second viewing that I'd mentioned Simone was wearing white. And I realized that um, Floyd's shirt was white as well. I don't know if that meant anything, but hmm. it is what it is, and it ain't one today. I still that that shot of Simone, Rachel, uh, Keller was her name. I said Kelly last week, oh. slip of the tongue. Um, what it was, I don't. Know, was just a beautiful shot. I think she just looked like super as, hot. as good as as good as a super dead super hot in a dead way dead way. But um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I I think I I did figure out what the book on the bedside table was, and I know you did too. It was not tying,
1: not tying, not, not tying. tying book, not tying book. It was wait, it was not tying,
0: not like, not no, it, <laughs> cannot tying, just like Knutson. Yeah, <laughs> cannot tying. Um, so what a great what a great opening too. And I also when Betsy tries to get up, she says "Ufta." in a really like not obvious way. I didn't even catch it till the second time through. I didn't catch through. it until you told me even. And uh it just it just goes to show that either a because we're local, we don't notice something like that. I would I well, hey, feel free to tell us even though the show is over and we're going to be on kind of a break until until the next one rolls up. But well, that's not true. We might have some stuff coming up. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so we I just it was so good. It was nicely placed ufta cuz that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing somebody would say
1: when they were if they're going to say ufta. Uh, there's definitely quite a few ooftas thrown around here. Yeah. And not just oofta tacos. No, no. So anyway. An oofta taco, what what else is that called? An Indian taco or a fry bread taco? Fry bread taco. Or an Indian taco, I think, right? I don't know. (laughs) And if I did, I wouldn't say it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, sorry, you can take it. So, uh, Salverson House and the Tying
1: book. Uh, Yeah, we just open up with a nice little opening at the Salverson House, and we go... We get right into the action, and that was my probably my favorite part of the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. when that war pig starts starts in, and you know that you know we're 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 you kind of getting Da-da. you're getting thrown back into all that action Da-da. that you left Da-da. last episode. So I'm doing it for you. So <laughs> yeah, you can build the podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> right and places. we're running through alleys, and gunshots are going Da-da. on. Da-da.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just I wanted to pump you up. I wanted to make our show equal the arc. So by the end of this, you and I are going to be having a beautiful dinner with each other at a table in the future. Mm. <laughs> Find me that way. This is what happens when you're in person. Yeah. No, I think it was great. I and I I don't you know. Can put your shirt back I knew on. there was going to be I knew there was going to be something of that sort. I just didn't know what. And I I wonder how many people thought it was going to carry out through at this high energy pace, but I still think it was more of a a wrap it up thing after they get that done
1: yeah i loved that that scene where there where ed and peg are trying to get away and and then they they flag down that car and that oh. immediately that immediately gets shut down by Hanzi when the driver gets shot which people uh, a lot of people have been mentioning is um very similar to that no country for old men mm-hmm. uh
0: scene a lot of that chase scene was very no country for old men right all the way down to the cars and the up uh, being outside that kinda that drugstore vibe and the the color of the vehicles, the lighting of the scene and the nighttime thing. But sometimes I keep thinking, are we just seeing shit that we think is happening? Like Yeah, if are I was we watching turning, if, I was, into that? <laughs> if I was watching something else at night in a in the seventies setting, would I look at this and be like, Oh, no country for old men or am I seeing what I feel like? I mean, I get yeah, it. When I think you, that's a big part of it. I mean, maybe when when you say the word friendo like they said later, yes, that's obviously mm-hmm. uh, an, e- an an Easter egg back or whatever you want to call it. But I I think it was a fun thing. Had the Watch- Coen
1: brothers uh, created like Star Wars or something, would we be looking at light bulbs going like, "That's like a lightsaber, dude"? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you
0: see the lens flare? You- yeah, the-
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure, we would.
0: Yep. So anyway, but then we it it works nicely into the car scene with uh Gale who we find out later is Gail mm-hmm. and Mike rolling up in the car. I don't know why, but I love it when music goes from being like blasting and awesome to like inside a car, inside a car. I and don't know why. And it, it's like muffled.
1: Yeah. When Mike opens the door, it gra- and, and it like it opens just kind of yeah. gets a little bit louder. <laughs> I love that kind of That's sound design. move. I wonder what that, there's gotta be a term for that in sound design. There has to be. I like that. Um, I mean, it's not original by any means, but it's fun. Um, what I don't like about sound design is sound designers boners over cigarette burning sounds. Oh, you know, we're, we're getting every up. every time somebody lights a cigarette, there's this super loud sound of a cigarette burning. When like like this, like the the tindery the, starting yeah, the, of yeah. the tobacco, and, and you're they like, don't make that sound. That's not
0: that's blame that on the foley guy. I don't know if you'd blame that on the sound designer. Well, he's a sound designer. Sure,
1: sure, sure. Fully sound design. So we're but 11 yeah, minutes, approximately
0: 11 minutes in, and we're already on a rant about... That's just
1: a pet peeve of mine. Stop with the cigarette sounds. I get it. Also, you, like the, you like the sound, and you're looking for a place to put it, but stop.
0: Also, like, really loud, explosive things. Like, really highs and lows. Like, it doesn't have to be that bad, because sometimes it's not enjoyable watching movies and television that way. Mm-hmm. Not That's everybody... Just you being old. Shut up. We just <laughs> just just tone down the Michael Bay. Okay, fine. Fine. Off topic. We could let's you know what? <laughs> write that down as a note for the Bill and Sharpie
1: Talk Shit podcast that <laughs> okay. we will or won't start someday. We'll just grab a handful of uh movie clips and we'll just tear them apart. Mm-hmm. So, people of Earth.
0: People of Earth.
1: I'm home. Mm. Mike Milligan enters the Gerhardt compound. Are we gonna
0: talk about the UFO
1: anymore? Well, what did we you
0: you read more than I did? What was some of the feedback online? Like, I, I know we talked about it, but I feel like we also just kind of moved on. But I think I that's, feel like I feel I like that people online haven't
1: for the UFO.
0: You do, yeah. I just think, yeah. I know there's people who are like, oh, it's this thing. It can't. It's not. Can't be real. It's dumb. Or why did you do that? And it's like, well, it's it is ridiculous. But I'm also like. Here, here i'll be I'll be yes, moderately let's go into this I'll moderately offend somebody. I'm like, oh yeah, it's totally unbelievable that there's a thing in the sky that people believe in that can affect the outcome of life what <laughs> well, no, it's this thing that sent his kid down to earth to die for a uh, I'm sorry, I'm making a bad comment about religion if you're religious, that's fine. I'm just saying they're all it, i the whole, all these stories, all these things that are like the basis for these discussions that we're having—the the, Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill, um, it, all the parables we've come up with in season one and season two—and everyone's like drawing these conclusions from these things. And a little bit of me, I was telling Sharpie when I just picked him up at the airport, was what do you mean? Like, yeah, but do you really think there was a guy who pushed a boulder up a hill his whole life? No, it's a topic for discussion. And sometimes I think we try to get so literal about what can and can't happen in this real story that they, by the way, tell us is a true story, but you all know it's not because it's fiction. The whole thing is fiction. It might be based on some true events. And I just, a little bit of me wants to just say, hey, maybe this is the lesson, this story is. You know, there's things that can happen in this that don't have to be perfectly real. But, you know, outside of that, UFOs are real,
1: is what I'm saying. I mean, the show Fargo, in general, you know, basically stating that it's a true story uh, mm-hmm. when we know it's not. Just yep. like, yep. you know, the Bible. People, <laughs> wow, you're going <laughs> well, people that Well, talk, people talk about that as if it's a true story. When it's not, it's a story. We're talking about stories. Yeah, okay. Well, what, now Were you, you know? give me the shifty eye? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just did. Well, no one will know you're getting the shifty eye because I don't know if anyone's tuned in online. Live Bill's giving me the shifty eye, guys. I'm giving this the shifty eye. Well, no, you're just about to get into like a really deep, no, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just about. going
1: along with what you were saying. In that, yeah, yeah. The, the show Fargo is very similar to the parables that it's basing its story on. Right, it's right. a story to teach a lesson. Yeah, I think so. I like is, to think about that. I mean, I think coolers. I think about what
0: I think about what we're talking about. I mean, I know there's fictionalized violence and stuff in this, but but at the heart of it, I think I've still been coming back to like look look at the the strength of Betsy and what she offers and. The hard things that Hank and Lou have been through, and what how they use those things to react and live in the world they live in, and Hank's secret language—you know—that he's—it's probably—it eventually it's going to be Avatar. <laughs> okay, fine, sorry, <laughs> this is getting so derailed. Okay, let's get back to Mike Milligan. People of Earth, I'm home. Um, can I can I just say this, and then I'll let you get to whatever you want to. I, okay. I immediately noticed on the second watch. I kept thinking about the Eagle's Nest. And for whatever it's worth, I just, over the course of a little less than a week, even though I'm like way too busy and I have nothing going on, (laughs) I, I, when I say nothing going on, I mean I'm like crazy busy. But I went back and just because I thought I needed to, I rewatched Band of Brothers. What? Because I love Band of Brothers.
1: In this time, you rewatched. All of Band of Brothers? Yes. What?
0: Yeah, I watched I watched all don't of it. Did not you have
1: shit to do? <laughs> I had
0: tons of shit to do. So this is a lot of like 3 a.m. viewing, like, oh my God, I'm so tired, I got to go to bed. Anyway, long and short is whether you believe Band of Brothers or not, it, the, the, perfect, the story, I mean, I don't mean it's like fiction. I just mean they've obviously taken some liberties with the story, but when they go to the eagle's nest, it's empty. Like in real life, there, there was no Hitler there. There was no crazy thing going on. And, and I thought, oh my God, Mike Milligan is showing up in the eagles nest At the nest. Gerhardt eagles nest Yeah of course And there's nothing there Except memorabilia And silver If you've seen Banner Brothers They're like they, People are like Claiming all the silver And shit Like when these US troops Start going into These German mm-hmm. cities When they finally invaded And they're like Taking all the valuables And I thought Oh my god shit Mike Milligan shows up And the only thing there Is is Wilma the cook And how, mm-hmm. how he knew Her name was Wilma Is still beyond me I'm skipping ahead Of the story a little here But anyway That was my thought Right yeah. away In the second viewing <laughs>
1: Did you notice, uh, when they walk in, or when they're kind of wandering around the house? And this is this is before they meet Ricky G. We can get to that in a little bit. Sure. Um. Uh. Just, and this is a question for the the prop and the set people. Um. Uh, did you notice, like, the little frames on the wall? They all had little iron crosses on them. I thought that was a little nice touch.
0: Yeah, little things. I was trying to figure out what the uh, arch was in that one photo. Which arch that was in history, like historically speaking. Hmm. You can go back and look at that. or somebody, or somebody recognizes it, I, I'm not awesome with my European history and architecture, but um, there's a scene before they cut to some of the family photo things that, that do that. But,
1: but but I love how Mike, uh, Mike Milligan enters the home and he says, people of Earth, I'm home, which is a nice tie-in with the UFO theme, but also uh, a nice, what I think is interesting about it is because he's an alien to this area. He himself is an alien to Fargo. Mm-hmm. He's an outsider. He's from Kansas City. He's coming into a new world. Yes. And he's trying to uh, control it. Yes. And you cannot yep. control things in this world. You just you just can't try to control everything. Otherwise, you end up in a cubicle or in a cell. Oof, don't want that. Well, so Ed and Peg uh, find, find some safety in a meat cooler... And how about that for a palindrome? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Ed starts in a meat cooler. Ed ends in a meat cooler. Maybe with, that's a, with it. a little killing in the middle. With some killing in the middle.
0: Hey, wait, did we really start with Ed being in a cooler in the very Well, we didn't end that way actually. We we started in a dinner table with a
1: wait, Yeah, but it's his keep, story. Keep
0: going. Keep going. Ed the
1: butcher of Laverne. Yeah, you mean Laverne Ed Ed Butcher of Laverne. in a meat cooler. The butcher of Laverne was birthed from the meat cooler. <laughs> <laughs> And he ended in the meat cooler. Palindrome. Boom, bitches. Boom. <laughs> oh There's yeah. your scoop. Yeah. Is that <laughs> what it is? I don't know.
0: Because actually, we opened the movie at the uh, the, the the whole episode at the massacre. Trying to
1: fact check us right here. Well, no, we can no, keep going. Keep,
0: good. keep good. chugging along. Actually, we opened with. Uh, all the clips of the stuff, and we open with da and da I don't care about that. I'm talking about, talking about Ed's where did story? we where did we first see where Ed?
1: Where Did we first see Ed? Okay, I'm scrolling. Get I'm scrolling. There, I'm there, scrolling.
0: Otto's still a talker. And yeah.
1: what what I loved about um, there's another palindrome. We can talk about that in a little bit too. Um, I, I mentioned this on the hot dish, but what I loved about this scene was that Ed finally gets to say everything we've all been kind of wanting to tell Peg, that like, leave it alone, like the, you, you, you guys are just done, you're not the same, you're too different, you guys have to yeah. go your separate ways, and Ed finally gets that off his chest, and I don't think he, won. I don't think it was like resting on his chest ever before, I just think he he's now realizing this. Um. So it's not like, I don't think it's like been a weight on his shoulders, but he's finally coming to his, some sense that like, hey, this is we're not gonna make it. Even if we do get out of here, yeah, we're not gonna make it as a couple. We are just too different, and I think everybody loved hearing Ed say that because they—they're both fine people. We know Peg's a little bit on the crazy side, yeah, but that's fine. She's got some stuff going uh, on. She means well, yeah. But they—they are you... they just aren't. They just—they're just not meant to be with each other, and. I've got a clip here. Um, it's a little bit of a long one. I'm a little bit clip heavy on this show All tonight yeah? uh, because I think it's important because I think we're going to, we're seeing a lot of excellent farewells to these characters. So I think if we can play some of their last moments. That sure. Be sure.
0: What, which uh, which clip would you like first? Uh, 1233.
1: 1233. Okay. So this is Ed uh, saying his, basically his final words. Uh, this is Jesse Plemons' face of last hurrah as he right. picks Ed Blomquist. Here we go.
2: I don't think we're going to make it. Don't you see that, Ed Blomquist? we come this far. We're going to go all the way. No, I'm saying, even if we get out of this, I don't think we're going to make it, you and me.
1: That was money to me.
2: What do you see? We're just too different. Don't say
0: that. This what we've been through adversity that's what that's what seals the bond makes us stronger hey. like 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 how a bone heals Peg. Okay. no no i i know i had my doubts
2: i know but i'm i'm sure now hey.
1: i'm sure Will you just let me talk there see he's standing up on himself right there you're he's always just... trying yeah. to fix everything
2: but sometimes nothing's broken Everything's working just fine. If you can't see that, if you don't know that, I love you. I do.
0: All I'm ever to want is to get back to what we had. I think it's also a little bit of an omission from his part that he can't move into the future where she wants to be To share. You know what I mean? um, two, two notes I'll make about this scene that I thought about too. Um, I think I had it in my clips that I was going to give you to run down. was, um, one that uh, she talks about broken bone, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, you're broken. And that adversity is what seals the bond. And I'm, I'm one of those people who's like, well, shouldn't it be love, <laughs> you know, that, that seals the bond and not, not adversity? Adversity you know, strengthens you, but it doesn't, didn't she say sealed bond or did she say strengthens Oscar ah, or whatever, but they still mean the same thing regardless of exactly how or what she said.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing about Peg is that I, she's she's talking to Ed here sincerely, but I don't think she, she doesn't really love him. She cares about the marriage and she cares about staying together, but I think more so for the symbolism of that bond. And less about it's less about her like being deeply in love with him, she just' okay. wants this to be like i don't know do you, does that make sense like she wants the idea of this perfect marriage, but she doesn't necessarily love Ed. I don't see that i mean she she loves him, but she's not like I think she loves the idea of like a a strong marriage, and oh, I don't a strong partnership that. more than she loves Ed, quite possibly. I think she's very just, she's just mixed
0: up, period. And I, and I I think that this comment from Ed, along with the like actual trauma that they've been through, is what I think still triggers her next kind of what we realize is her next kind of like psychotic or not psychotic hallucinatory breakdown. And I think the last time we saw this was the, you know, when she shocked Dodd and then kind of killed the guy and the other guy got murdered. That's what, you know, there's all these bodies around her. And then she, that's what she had her last like break where, she was sitting there talking on the stairs to nobody, you know, talking to the Wellspring guy probably, so, yeah. like, or sorry, Lifespring. I keep saying Wellspring, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, if we're gonna go chronologically, then we're then we're back at the Gerhardt compound. Oh yeah, sure. I don't know why, but I love how Mike peeked around the corner, like boop, beep pop boop, and uh, Gail. Yeah, I just when he said
1: Gail, be reasonable. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's
0: when I said, "Yeah, he used Gale's name." I don't know if I'd heard
1: him use Gale's oh, name. Oh, wait, before. I didn't know he said, "Gale, be reasonable." I thought he just said, "Be reasonable." No, he says, "Gale." I feel like I need to play it here. Here, shh, shh, shh. Sh, sh. Here we go. Finish the commercial break.
0: Peek. This is about to blast her. Listen. Hello.
3: Gale, oh. be reasonable
1: I didn't notice that I thought he just went like meow. <laughs> <laughs> nope nope hes he says, he says, says Gail be reasonable and I love how he's treating uh this entrance to the compound as his like his his coronation he said it uh I mean he couldn't have said any better I mean who am I to argue with Mike Milligan the master of words yes uh I love how he's just he's walking around as if it's you know a celebration and you know he's it's like he's banging his scepter on the floor and he's like this is mine this is mine from this moment forward no more schnitzel no no, no more nor strudel
0: you're right but his his scepter it's funny you said that it's the wooden spoon oh yes
1: that is his (laughs) scepter (laughs) boom another scoop (laughs)
0: <laughs> I was gonna say that but I didn't figure out what the word scepter was so I just left it out of the That's notes it. I was taking
1: he is he's holding that he is he is spoon like a scepter he is holding he cord. says no more schnitzel nor, schno- nor strudel nor strudel we can't even talk nope can you we can. hear that yeah you're right there oh I was gonna because
0: there's one other thing I wanted to play um when we get to it so since we're gonna be clip heavy already but yeah. I'll uh hey it's the last episode yeah come it on is. Now. come on now Oh, you want me to do the... And no, I, we're not, I don't need a deceptor part.
1: I love um, how he... And he's like, let's get some American food up in here. Okay, wait. He, did you notice that
0: it's like... He just says, let's get some American food. And then he just... The last part, he just kind of mumbles. He doesn't actually say in here. I, okay, I fine. He, I'm going to play I, it. I I'm going to play it. says, let's get some American nope, food no, up here. No, no. Listen to what he actually <laughs> says. He just kind of mumbles the last H-R, part. apostrophe R. Here, listen. Apostrophe. Check this, check this out. <laughs> Tasting the soup. From this moment forward,
3: I decree no more
1: schnitzel
2: or strudel.
3: Let's get some American food up and then.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> he just goes, up, let's get and some, some American, American food up, up. and <laughs> then. <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> But I think it's because he's just like. Just picture him like licking his fingers. I'm like, some he can't masterpiece ribs. Yeah, he can't wait. He wants some Casey masterpiece up and. <laughs> okay, so
0: what I want to talk about is so, douchey Gale shows up <laughs> to steal the silver cause no,
1: not Gale. Sorry, Ricky G. Ricky G. Whatever.
0: They both have a G in their name, and God, that guy's a shit bag. He is the best. He's he's just another one. But here's here's the thing: is I With also his noticed
1: fucking turtleneck tucked into his pants. Yes. <laughs> so here's oh, what i guy could now be more of a dude here's
0: what i noticed and maybe somebody correct us again i mean i love that you guys have been sending us so many comments and and things this season but not only i think is this the first time that any of the kitchen brothers say anything but he clears his throat and then he goes Mm-mm, to him check it out to ricky g <clears throat> that was gail <laughs> did you hear that super subtle <clears throat> This are the only noises I think I've heard him make all season. <laughs> I was just so excited to notice that when I watched with my headphones on. The next time, uh, we should probably talk about the actual show. You,
1: it, you know, it'd be hilarious if in real life that guy had like a really awkwardly like high voice or something. And, and <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> and, yeah, it's like that, it's like the show, and they were it's like, like the. All right, uh, let's cut all the kitchen lines. Oh no, what if now it's on, like you're only gonna grunt?
0: One of the brothers had a really high voice. One had a really low voice. <laughs> It's like Mama Zingbees.
2: That it is take care.
0: It's not that. So we also get the really the the throwback friendo line here. Um mm-hmm. we get the act of mercy, and I mean the clip that I really wanted to play, unless did you did you have this clip down about I just it was one of I think it was like kind of the last really great uh like soliloquy, so to speak, from from Mike Milligan that starts at like seventeen fifty about sovereignty. Oh, and and interestingly and enough, it, means it backfires on him. And drive away.
2: Do you know what the definition of the word sovereignty is?
0: What am I,
3: professor from Gilligan's Island? <laughs> sovereignty is absolute power
2: and authority. Like a king. Exactly.
0: He does have a degree. Which is who I am? He decrees. You're king.
1: Uh eh. some. It's America, brother.
0: America, pull up. Mm, we don't do kings.
2: Oh, we do. We do. We just call them something else.
0: That's what I loved. I just love. We just call them something else because I mean, if you get down to it, yeah, it's it is. We just call them something else. They call, they're presidents. They're senators. They're congressmen. They're
1: WalMarts, Ugh,
0: Costco, um. Yeah, I thought that was good. And this is also the same scene in which he said, oh, Otto had a kid with a maid. Are you Wait, are you the, you know? I think that tells us that Hansi was definitely, that was my cue. That Hansi was definitely uh, family. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll roll I, with that. Yeah. And then when he called her Wilma in the kitchen, I was like, well, Jesus, when did you ask her her name? Because when it, when Ricky G was like, "Oh, do I get? I'll take the act of kindness." He gives like the finger point and then like the pseudo fist bump, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, "Yeah, solid, buddy, <laughs> solid." Uh, but yeah, and then he gets his a hole blown in him, and they let him suffer.
1: Yeah, and I especially, I especially liked how he got shot with a shotgun and just slammed against the wall. But I liked how his his blood, the the blood that kind of represents the the Gerhardt family and not not like he's a Gerhardt, but their team, you know, is splattered all across that eagle. Yeah, that like, pseudo Nazi pseudo like Third Reich is flag. Gerhardt wall, just blood splattered all over it. Yes. As if as if it were the end of the Gerhardt. Yeah.
0: Um so we cut back to uh, Peggy and her hallucination. Um I don't know if we have to go super deep on this one. I think I think the real the real the real crux of this came with what the scene you brought up I mean in the cooler as a whole as a sum total of the cooler that we already know Peggy's like shifted from reality Mm -hmm. just period point blank but at the same time she's totally right about some things that we'll talk about later um but Mm -hmm. but that said it's it's already happened and that unfortunately she's become manic and she literally is talking through Ed's last breath yeah poor guy so I don't, I don't oh, know dude. how much more we have to say, and then even after that, that's where she's just like Ed, we're saved, we're rescued, come on Ed, all that blah 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 stuff, and and it's that thing I think I pointed well, out last night that he's he's gone, and now she finally realizes how bad she wants him. I think at least for right now.
1: What I really loved about her when she's in these hallucinations, uh, you know, remembering that Eagles Nest uh, movie. Yep. She specifically says, you know, it's like uh, that movie. You know, when the husband or whoever he was, you know, just like you, she says that she says the husband or whoever he was, you know, just like you. Yeah, or who are, you your husband or like, whatever? Like that's that's kind of a big fuck you to Ed. Like whoever I am, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm I am your husband.
0: She might as well have called him friendo.
1: Right, exactly. He's in the Frendo zone. Yeah,
0: I, I you know, and then and then we get to see that that uh, Hansy is boogied and and it's just. You're a shit cop Ben you're a shit cop Schmidt Yeah Ben you're a Schmidt cop (laughs) Ben you're a Schmidt cop Yeah why didn't we think Of that earlier in the season Uh, I think
1: we did My bad He's a Schmidt cop
0: I mean he can't even Figure out how to do The paperwork Like Lou's like I can't decide if Lou Felt bad that his boss Was dead or You start at the
1: beginning And you end where it ends (laughs) Yeah you
0: you start at the start And you, you work your way To the end Yeah and then the, I, I feel like, I will I mean, say I did not like Lou's line. I'm going to take Peggy home. I don't know why I did not like that line. I'm I'm taking Peggy. If anyone's got to say anything about that, well, you know, fuck them. Yeah. I was like, okay. So there was a very abrupt end in the podcast. I can't like fix that. Uh, you probably heard it. Well, we don't know what happened. Uh, it, it wasn't too many wood chippers and it definitely wasn't that we stopped to listen to an audible book. Um, a button got hit by accident or something, and we stopped recording for about fourteen minutes of the podcast. We had some good rev-
1: revelations in that fourteen minutes too i did
0: i did I had a total fear not ex- though. stream of consciousness thing the there.
1: listeners will not be left out
0: no okay, so, so we
1: were talking about ben we left schmidt.
0: we left off with Ben Schmidt and Schmidt cop schmidt Schmidty Schmidt Schmidt um. So yeah, I think we need to we need to come back to Ben Schmidt and where we were talking about anyway. I think we 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 brought up I so really folks, we apologize. I don't know. This is the first time this has happened like this. Um maybe we shouldn't be in person. Maybe that's probably the not. But anyway, we were talking about I brought up uh we eventually talked about Ben Schmidt. I'm sorry, like this might sound skewed once I get this cut back together because I'm gonna have to edit seam this Stop back. Stop apologizing. Together. Kira you, know? O'Donnell, <laughs> you brought up that you thought the the actor who played Ben I want to, I was, to was good.
1: spend a little bit of time and talk about. Is it Kier? Yes. O'Donnell.
0: Yeah, Keir, Kier. K I E R. yeah, he's an Aussie. Yeah, he's an Aussie, Australian, uh, Australian.
1: I wanted to spend just a, a brief moment since we're talking about the final episode. I I think this is a proper time to give, you know, pay tribute to the actors in the show, um, because there's a good chance we we'll, we won't see them again in the Fargo saga. Nope. Um. So Not I think it's an appropriate time to, um, talk about the actors, and that's mm-hmm. why we're that's why we're really clip heavy this show. Um. That's why we're we're really diving into the final moments of a lot of these characters. But I wanted to talk about Ben Schmidt and the actor Keir O'Donnell because I think y- you kind of forget because he's such like a a boob. Oh and yeah, totally. Kinda, he kind of he kind of blends in with the with the rest of the story he doesn't really stand out too much but i think he i think he's so well portrayed i think that actor is so strong that he might that i think he does get overlooked and in those final moments when he's talking about not even knowing how to write up the case his acting is so strong his level of insecurity on the verge of tearing up he's on the verge of cracking he's on the verge of having a mental breakdown it is portrayed so well and that i watched that scene 3 or 4 times I, could, I just kept watching it kept watching it because i was so impressed by his acting and i don't know if he's getting a lot of attention for it because he is such a minor character but i just wanted to give a shout out to him because i think he did benchmint very well and everybody loves to hate benchmint but i just want people the to, point. Uh, to to understand yeah that you hate him because that actors and you may not hate if, him. If you just like dislike him or you like to not like him because he's if, been he's being portrayed so well.
0: If if Kira Donald didn't play that character in a in a moderately like unlikable enough way, a line like you're a real shit cop wouldn't stand. You would just think that Lou's a dick. But because it was written and played that way, you can say you're a shit cop and you go, Yeah, you're a shit cop. You suck. I actually was uh, thought more about i actually like sympathized with him very moderately in the yeah, uh, sure. in the scene where he caught up to to lou uh in the, the the no country for old menish scene right where it's like he was like yelling at him like for not doing his job and I, I have this feeling in that hotel room outside of him being kind of a flirty jerk with peg but you know what are you gonna do she's she's a good-looking gal um and she's making tea and he gets it thrown in his face but or Hans gets to thrown in his face, but she cold-cocked him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because he said something like, you know, you're supposed to be doing it. He's like, well, I didn't think she'd do this. Um, but, and then we brought up on IMDb that I remembered him from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, so, and I'm I'm sorry, we, we forgot where we went from here.
1: Well, let's just go, let's just
0: jump into the... Uh... Oh, we can't, we can't. I know what we okay. skipped when we did this. We did not talk about the the scene that cuts back to um, Noreen and Betsy talking about Camus. Mm. And uh, I think that, I don't think we should skip that scene. Um, just because I think it's good. Um, I, it, it's the second time they brought up somebody French in, in the show. Um, and uh, yeah, so here here's a quick clip of this.
3: You know, sometimes you get a peach from the bowl and one side is, Ripe and yellow, and the other is black and moldy.
2: That's the only way I can think to describe it. Camus says, "No one we're gonna die it makes life absurd." Well, I don't know who that is, but
3: I'm guessing he doesn't have a six-year-old girl. He's French. Ugh, I don't care if he's from Mars. Ugh. Nobody with any sense would say something that foolish. We're put on this earth to do a
2: job. And each of us gets the time we get.
0: Okay, I'm pausing real quick. Mm-hmm. Because it cu- each of us is put on this earth to do a job. Mm-hmm. And I think this split screen of she and her husband. Oh, it's in your notes. Sorry, I'm not <laughs> looking at your notes at all. I've got my own. Um I think it's interesting that they cut straight to a thing. There's all this shit going on with her and it's the old days where you got no cell phones and they 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 still worry about each other but they got but they both have things they're supposed to be doing. She's doing her best to still raise Molly. She's doing her best to keep her chin up in a in a shit situation where she's got cancer and they cut to him doing his job and what's interesting is that this spritz, uh,
1: splits split spleen splits it splits spleen
0: spritz cookies, uh, will eventually be completely taken over because the role of mother, um, loving family guy, and all that stuff will be eventually, as we know, taken over completely by Lou. Makes me really sad, but at the same time, I, she's, yeah, that's that's the thing is Which that is that's his, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, and I think we look at this too and we talk about some of this, that is very wonderful, strong women making very strong points. And at the same time, we're also looking at this this generation of these, these men that w- had seen a lot of things and then came home. Uh, it, it's tough. It's very tough. So I, I you can go back and listen to the rest of that scene. I'm not going to do that because I know we have one that Sharpie wants to play coming up.
1: Well, I think that transitions beautifully into that next uh, scene. A lot of strong uh, narratives are going on right here. Yeah,
0: and and, and I think that's the that's part of the deal too is that um you know for as much as we've called let me rephrase as much as at least from my perspective as much as I've made you know I don't think I've made light of it that that uh, Peggy's crazy but I think a lot of the stuff she says not in the scene we're about to play but just in this car in general she's right she might be she might be borderline sociopathic and like completely focused and a rocker but some of the stuff she talks about is is true but this has nothing to do with what we're going to play
1: if you if you've recorded this show or you own it um buy multiple ways you can you can buy the show. I want you to look and rewatch this scene with Peggy and Lou and mm-hmm. look at their eyes. I think this is some pretty awesome shit right here,
0: yep, so this is uh Lou and Peggy uh driving
1: back the classic fargo scene
0: the classic fargo cop and and she's like a pseudo criminal, yeah like. Of all the criminals on this show, she's the least. She's a hit-and-run chick. I think, is there any chance I could be tried-federal? Why? I thought, well, maybe I could serve my time in California. There was this news report on the TV about Holler's penitentiary. Just north of San Francisco. That looks out on the bay.
1: Hmm, Alcatraz, maybe?
0: Doesn't that sound nice? Capone. Maybe see a pelican. How about that? We'll see what we can do. Well, okay, so Sharpie and I had talked about this earlier, about A, is it Alcatraz? (laughs) And then I said, well, are there even pelicans there? Because, I mean, we've both been there. You, all use you think there are seals.
1: Those are, there's definitely seals. When I'm sure I was, there's pel- pelicans. I mean, oh, I'm sure
0: too. I just, but when I was there, all I saw were seagulls and flying rats or pigeons. Whatever there only has to, to be them.
1: one pelican for her story to be okay. <laughs> but,
0: but, so she's gotten herself into this um, very tragic and unfortunate situation. And uh, through my second viewing, I was like, why is she saying the pelican? And then I thought about it for a minute. And I realized that... Um, I think I talked about it last year. Do you remember when I was bringing up the deer as a religious symbol last year? Mm-hmm. Well, so this is another one of those things. If you look through like history and stuff, the pelican is also very prominent in um, uh, Inuit culture and totems. Um, I don't think it has some of the same meaning that I'm going to bring up now, but the pelican is viewed in Christianity as uh, a symbol of um, sacrifice and atonement representing uh, the things you've given to to do, but... Uh I don't know if Peggy fits the mold for that completely in my understanding of it. It's there was there's there's a story about uh like a pelican that they they kill their young <laughs> and then eventually cut themselves and bleed. I'm 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 paraphrasing here, sorry folks, but uh, Oh you're paraphrasing right now? Big time. <laughs> and then they bleed and bring them back to life three days later.
1: And that story is the Pelican Brief.
0: Yes. By John Grisham. J. R. R. Tolkien. <laughs> um No. But it's in there. If you if you Google Pelican Christianity, you'll come across a lot of that. But I d I don't know if it's like I said, if Noah is like Hey guys, you're dumb. I just picked a water bird, get over it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it's, no, it's, it's a bird it's like, that tends to be around water. <laughs> comes
0: comes back to that comes back to that uh, thing where you and I it's like are we are we thinking too hard? But uh, you know it it is what it is. But hey, it's this, this scene is this scene is great. So let's let's play the rest of this.
3: I was there at the end, you know After the war when Saigon fell On the USS Kirk Patrolling the coast And when the country went, it went fast And we had like, you know, 24 hours to get everybody out They're not just Americans, but Our allies, the South Vietnamese All packed on boats and helicopters We stood on the deck and Waved them in one by one, they land, unload, and then we push the whirly birds into the sea. The damnedest thing. But then this chinook comes, and those things, well you can't just land one on a ship this size. So we wave him off. But the pilot's got his whole family inside, and he's running out of fuel, so it's now or never. So he hovers over the deck. start jumping scared or not onto the ship there's a baby literally a a tiny baby and his mother just just drops him and one of my boys like catching a ball, just sticks out his hands so now everybody's out and i'm thinking how the heck is this pilot right how's he gonna get out but he maneuvers off the port bow and he hovers there for the longest time doing you know what we learn later uh taking off his flight suit somehow he rolls a bird on its side and just before it hits the water he jumps 6,000 pounds angry helicopter parts flying all around him That's somehow he makes it how do he do that
0: okay so last time we were recording this so I'm I've ha- I'm having- I had an epiphany and Sharpie got all excited about it. Whether it was good or not afterwards, I don't know. I think it's So good. I'm going to go into that epiphany like but now yeah. I've had a second epiphany upon the epiphany I thought um, I had.
1: Oh, you're stacking epiphanies right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I got a shit fuck stack. Yeah, all right. I like uh, So I, I had brought up Sharpie when we jacked up our recording so uh, th- th- that when I was watching this I was trying to figure out like, why is he telling her about this? Is it about life's chances? Is it about all these things? And I realized that there's there's a lot of mystery in life sometimes I think. And I'm I'm even coming back a little bit to the baby, you know. Uh mm-hmm. you know, we're like, Well they did did the baby everything okay. I mean he know, he, we know he put his hands out right, but
1: Well that's one of the things I want to talk about in this scene is that he's talking about a mother dropping a baby off of the platform of a helicopter just hoping, just hoping by chance that somebody will catch the baby. I mean, yes. She's in yes. Her, I mean, she's it's do or die right now. She's she's just wants the baby to be saved. And he's telling this story, and we're all kind of enthralled by it. Like, oh, my, oh my God! There's this baby dropping in midair, and one of his buddies reaches his arms out, and then end of story.
0: Well, he did say that ev- everybody's out is what he meant, so I assumed that they were safe. But anyway, so the, I mean, you can the, assume the, they are
1: safe. But what I love about it is it's how a lot of characters and how a lot of this Fargo story. Is portrayed like you don't. I actually ever. You don't always get that's to life. see. That's life. Yeah, yeah. Everything, and yeah. that is life. You don't get to see. You know, maybe somebody pass away, or what happens here, what happens there. That's what I love about it. It's right. not so like black and white. You you have sure. some assumptions to make. You don't get to see everything. You're not there for every moment.
0: No. And you can't tell every moment. And, you, nobody wants everything telegraphed to that much. And I think that's well the story.
1: I think that's so brilliant that that can be still conveyed through that tiny story just by ending that story just by not yeah. saying one more sentence you're continuing that theme and I think that's sure. pretty badass oh, it anyway, was let's go to your epiphany okay stack.
0: so well, I don't know if it was a perfect epiphany, but it was just it was very very interesting that uh it that that I had kind of realized that Peggy is having her own moment and they're separated by the front and back seat I wondered if at some point. He's not he's talking to her but he's almost talking to himself, right? Right. That here he is in a dire moment, right? He's he's not on the Chinook but he's in this this shootout at the motor motel and um he is virtually being overpowered by the situation. The same way the the, the helicopter the Chinook is 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 going down and you, you you just think how is anyone going to fucking survive this, right? But with sheer luck will blessing whatever you want to call it things are being thrown chucked at it in in every way shape or form hank uh what who would he puts on his uniform who would have thought ben schmidt would have taken a pseudo stand you know i mean he said he tried to stop her i mean there there all these little instances are take, occurring but but at the same time there's you know there's a giant chinook in the sky there's a giant ufo in the sky i don't know they're not supposed to be the same thing but my point is is that the circumstances you're like how He's like, how did that guy live? And I'm wondering if in reality, and I'm shaking my hand right now at Sharpie, like I'm pointing mm-hmm. a finger. I'm like, I wonder if he's saying, how the, f-? he's looking, he's like, he's he, in the car for a minute. Because you know you've had a moment where you're like, how the fuck did I do that? How did that happen? I mean, and in his moment, he's got to be being like, holy shit. Holy he's, shit. Yeah. How, he's the Chinook pilot. He's he doesn't, like, he's not even worried. I mean, I know they talk about the whole UFO later, but right now he's like, how did I do that? He, He's... He his rolling of the bird to me is I've got the gun backwards, yep. upside down, and I'm and and I, and I yeah, get he, it under this. I, he's massively everybody is overpowered by bear. Yeah, especially his six thousand pounds
1: of angry helicopter parts is his six shooter upside down you know he rolls, it. he rolls it he
0: rolls it just he, like the holy shit we're it. making this connection together let's high five
1: high five yay
0: okay so now <laughs> I just forgot my secondary
1: <laughs> you forgot your my you secondary have have thing I feel like we need to, to have a stack I feel of like opinions.
0: we I need to feel like we gotta go back a second I'm, hold on watch me I'm gonna do it I gotta see this so they're talking
3: so he hovers over the deck
0: what the hell was it I gotta listen to this it's driving me crazy Start. now because I tried to get back to my original one because it's stupid thing stopped recording Scared or not, onto the ship. And what was it? We're gonna get like another ten minutes in the show, and I'll remember. There's yeah, a baby. Literally a, a tiny baby. I'm. I'm
3: sorry, you're gonna have to listen to this again because I. The mother just just drops him. And one of my boys, like catching a ball, just sticks out his hands. So now everybody's out and I'm thinking how the heck is this pilot,
0: right? God, I'm not going to come up with it. Okay. Damn it, I'm so mad right now.
1: Well, that was... uh, Let's keep
0: going. Let's (laughs) keep going. I'll see what I can do about possibly remembering that because there's actually something else really, I I think that's really actually crucial, uh, not crucial, but just interesting to the story that that, that could come out out of this.
1: I'm curious about that if they specifically went with the 6,000 pounds to reference like the six bullets in his gun because obviously a Chinook Weighs way more than six thousand pounds. So maybe that's just like the weight of one rotor or something. I mean, if you're familiar with a Chinook, it's got t- it's one of those it's long a, it's helicopters the, it's with a, two
0: rotors. It's it's a paper towel tube with um <laughs> with helicopter things on two sides
1: of it. <laughs> and you know that thing weighs more than three know, tons. I don't know how a Chinook weighs. I bet that I bet one of those. I've yet to one lift one of those one at rotors. It, probably weighs six thousand pounds. No, least. I don't know.
0: Well, I have yet to lift one at any of my. Like strongman competitions that I'm obviously involved in. The thing
1: can carry like thirty thousand pounds. Yeah, but look how much a
0: fucking ant can carry. That that, that, there's no bearing on anything. All right, fine. I'm just mad I can't remember my other thing. But okay, okay, we gotta we let's get back to it here because this is the last. This is the last episode. So
1: what I love about this scene. Oh, by the way, this
0: is a true story.
1: Oh yeah, this is all true.
0: Right? Because isn't there like I thought I saw somewhere that it's taken? It's taken. No, it's taken from an actual.
1: Oh, I I thought you were talking The about Chinook the thing like actually yeah. happened. It
0: just came out in a thing recently where it was on like a, a, a Yes,
1: the... and we got some uh we, a couple people actually emailed us on that. Uh there's a PBS documentary called The Last Days in Vietnam. Yeah. Um uh, and you can check that out. Uh you can buy what
0: are you I'm pointing at the iron horse. I want to switch from a wood chipper to an iron horse, which is not That's the show awesome, sponsor, man. but I'm just going to do it. Yes, the, the, and pointing. At well, beer. I was trying not to interrupt because I'm hoping. Well, I was hoping to not edit this
1: well, <laughs> until it stopped recording. Edit this. Um, yeah. So there, there's a documentary on PBS. Um, lots of ways to access that, but look up the last days of Vietnam. And yeah, they do talk specifically about these types of events where they push the helicopters into the sea to make room oh, for people. Yeah. Not yeah, and P- I'm gonna. Sorry, can
0: I? I can. Can I just pop back? Speaking of PBS, there was there was the the war documentary, um, uh the the Ken Burns documentary that did feature a bunch of guys from Laverne who were in the, the World War II a lot. And um, there was I I'm sorry, I'm not gonna look at my email at the moment, but we do appreciate the feedback. There was somebody who was like, no, 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 it was it was World War II, and I I thought we made that clear that we understood the difference. We were just curious about the wording in the show that they. That Hank called it the Great they, War when we know that he was a World War II vet. So, so we appreciate you ch- checking in with us because we had that same thought. So, but but I, I thought we did. I was just thrown off by the fact that it. he said the Great War it in yep, my mind, and that that's when we got into the whole Eisenhower conversation where I was yeah, like, right. uh, Eisenhower was was very crucial to World War II, but during World War One he was stateside the entire time and was barely even in uh, into his military career. So we knew that they weren't talking about that. And plus, fucking Hank would need like a goddamn walker.
1: He'd be eighty years old.
0: Yeah, he'd be super old. He'd be at, at minimum. He'd be like, "Oh nights. God, I remember digging the trenches." <laughs> and wait, all quiet on the Western Front—that was about World War One. Yeah,
1: I think all quiet on the Western Front was literally about Hank Larson.
0: It was. It was. That was the original title. Yeah, Hank Larson with two S's. Yes, that was the, the name of it. Two S's. And little and then, known
1: fact. Little known.
0: Fact. True story. True story. <laughs> True story. I'm still mad. I can't remember my second epiphany. Stop. Stop it! You're thinking about it too. Much. Oh, Let's it's making me forward. so mad. Okay, so I want it's to the talk rock. About this scene more yet. Let's go. Let's, dirty go. Let's go. God, it's the rock we all push. Is that what you want to talk about?
1: No. Oh. I mean, there was that.
0: I'm a victim too.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Do tell. Do so tell. So we go into. So we're coming out of Lou's story, which is a phenomenal performance. Again, another one. Um, You see him get a little bit emotional. You see his eyes start to swell up. And that, to me, is so impressive that actors can do that. I can't do that. Um, And yeah, he goes into talking about, you know, it's this rock we all push, which goes back to the Sisyphus thing, Um, a a continual theme throughout this season. But then we go into Peg. And I think Peg wins some people over uh, with this performance. And I know that a lot of award nominations uh, have come out recently and
0: uh, yeah the Hollywood uh, the foreign press and the critics choice
1: yeah um,
0: sorry I broke me, your chain
1: to me this was Kirsten Dunst's best performance in the season um, and I say that because you have to look at her eyes as she's delivering uh, this little speech where she projects her as the victim and she kind of does convince you a little bit um, yeah yeah, I think so, because she's talking about how she's the victim, because, like, Lou doesn't understand, because things are black and white with Lou. He's just like, you know, people are dead here. And he's thinking of it like, how can you possibly think you're a victim? Your husband's dead. People are dead. The town's torn up. And you're sitting here crying about how...
0: Crying about that, yeah, she's she's still... Lost in herself. I'm trying to make sure I start us at the right spot here.
1: Well, we'll find it. Yeah. So she's sitting here crying about how she's she's really the victim because she is in a in a she is for though. women where Absolutely You know men just don't understand what they're going through because they're seen as as people that are supposed to be like home cooking and cleaning and doing that kind of stuff. And and she's trying to fight that. She's trying to like mm-hmm. She's a she's a symbolism. She's a symbol for uh, she's, she's, progressive women, I guess.
0: She is. She really is. I mean, outside of the fact that she's a little cracked, it doesn't make yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make the actual ideal of what she's talking about any less meaningful. Um, she's just she's just as cracked as broken as many of these other people that are holding on to their problems silently. She just doesn't do that. And I think that the fact that she's able to verbalize this now for one of the first times very, very strongly is what makes this scene that you're talking about so incredible. And it's like, that's why I said earlier, and maybe that's the part that got cut out, sorry, is that she she's finally able to like very, very poignantly verbalize her feelings about something. And Ed's gone.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait. What?
0: Also, a little point funny that she was calling their house a prison earlier in the show and now she's trying to pick a prison. Do mm-hmm. you want me to play the scene? I think I'm in the right spot.
1: Yeah, so what I I just want you to like look go watch back it. and watch, it, watch it, it and look at Kirsten's eyes because what I think is incredible about them is that they are they're like in a constant stare. She's not really focusing on anything. They're open and it's not like she's in a daze by any means, but they're in a stare that constantly moves around. Like she just can't focus on any one thing right now, and she's sure. totally, you know, when you're when you go into that, uh, when you uh, go that, into that, you day go that zone, a little bit, you're kind of in in this weird other world. Do you know right. what I mean? Right, right. Uh, where you're not necessarily thinking about what's in the present. You're not necessarily thinking about what's in the future. You don't really know what's going on, but you're kind of just projecting. She's projecting her own universe.
0: Okay. Let's see if I'm in the right spot. Hopefully I am.
1: Men. We call it
3: our burden, but it's really our privilege.
0: Okay, wait. So I'm going to talk about this. Um, This is the Sisyphus thing. And everybody talks about him pushing the rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does, but I don't know if we've ever asked about why he keeps doing it. And I think that that was a statement to why. Because he's like, well, it comes back to me, to Betsy. We all have a role to play. We got a job to do. Yeah, we all got a job to do. So anyway, that's why I think he's saying he's like it's our burden. It is. It's the rock. But but the point is, is that it's your. You've been placed in this position. It's not fun,
1: but somebody's got to do it. Okay, fine. Focus, Bill.
0: <laughs> I never meant for any of this to happen. You know? Not to Ed. Not to anybody. I just wanted to be someone.
3: You're somebody now.
0: No, see? I wanted to choose. Be my own me. Not be defined by someone else's expertise and then that guy that stupid guy
2: walked out into the
0: why do you have to do that
3: you mean the victim
0: no that's not fair cause I'm a victim too was a victim first before him
3: victim of what
1: that's
0: you wouldn't understand you're a man There it is. It's a lie, okay? That you can do it all. Be a wife and a mother and this self made career woman. Like there's 37 hours in a day. And then when you can't, they say it's you. You're faulty. Like. Like. Like you're inferior somehow.
1: Your act together until you're half dead, Peggy. You can see her frustration there. Yeah, she has an excellent point, but Lou goes. So does Lou. To, yeah, but to him it's more black and white. I feel like. Oh, very much. <laughs> Which is, I, I feel like, it's a great portrait. A late seventies male,
0: and the sky. in a late seventies yeah. female, or I'm just no well from a guy who wasn't alive. Right. Um, no, I mean, think I think, let's talk I think to you. You. you were. I 20. I was I was I was fucking three. Uh, I I just think it's interesting. She she talks about you know they look at you like you're you're faulty, and you know we do talk about the fact that she is a little faulty, but it's of note to me that she kind of is in some ways, but does just because you've got one problem doesn't mean you're not right. You know what I mean? Like, no, one, one, one situation does not invalidate the other is what I'm looking at in this situation. I'm like, okay. yes, she, she is mentally and emotionally not in the right place, but the point she's trying to make is fucking spot on. Of course, yeah, that's what I'm saying is and that and that and she's saying she's saying, you know, and you you'd say you want to do this, and then they look at you like you're faulty, but then again, you've got this 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 big generation of of men like Hank Larson who came back from the war and quietly dealt with the horror they saw mm-hmm. I mean they didn't they called it shell shock after Vietnam, they didn't call it post traumatic stress disorder, right, you know. So I don't know where we're gonna go with that, but there's a great California dream and thing that happens right there, which is fantastic. Nice work, Maggie.
1: Yep. Okay. And I'll keep going. Um. Yeah. So now let's let's move into the Hansi thing because this is crazy. Oh, and fun. To wait, talk
0: I'm not ready for that. Oh, you're not ready. I want to just talk briefly about the phone call, and because oh, okay. I like to notice things in the background. A excellent phone booth again. I hope we are able to find out the card, just like the balloon, say, get well soon. We're talking
1: about a card that's on the shelf of the Salverson home.
0: Of the as- Salverson home when Lou finally manages to get on the phone to Noreen. Uh, Noreen. And then it cuts to another shot where we see from the other angle. And uh, I just, I like the fact that there's a Buds Meets yeah. card on the wall. I, I love. These are the things, though, that I mean we're still working on um, the possibility of another special episode. But these are the touches between set dressing and props and music and scoring and casting and color grading that, if if we saw this footage raw, it would not be the story it is. I think I think this what people love about this show and what I love about it. And sorry to sound so fanboy, but I am, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Is that it is very brilliantly put together. So yes, that's that's just what I want to say about this. And okay. that that um, Noreen was wearing a very French mime shirt earlier in the show. I was going to mention the yes, striped shirt. Yep. and ever since betsy dropped the knowledge on her i also made some mental notes that now she's wearing an orange sweater which puts her in a category of we don't know what it is but she's she's moved from black and white to some color maybe that happened earlier in the show i didn't know until today but
1: or maybe that's because of and is this is what is this
0: what is this is this i'm looking i'm pointing Uh, it's a whale is it a pelican it's a whale it's a pelican nope okay fine Whatever. Okay, so okay. you want to talk about Hanzi.
1: Yeah. So I Oh Hanzi. Oh Hanzi. Oh Hansi Hansi Oh Dent. Hansi, Where art thou? Um, Oh Hansy's sitting in a ballpark, about to meet uh this guy who's clearly his uh you know cohort in changing his identity. And this ballpark, by the way, looks just like any ballpark you'd see in Fargo. I mean, that looks. That looks like it could be oh. straight out of Island Park or Mickelson, Mickelson. or something that, like that. Yeah, we're Northsiders. Yeah. <laughs> we're
0: Northsiders. If it was down south, there'd be less trees. There'd be no trees.
1: Because um, that's, so that's where that, everything goes I mean... to
0: die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I live, no, in south Far- I
0: live in South Fargo now.
1: Um, So we learn a couple things. Uh, first of all, he gets his new uh, social security card and it says Moses Tripoli on it. So Hansi, as we all know, has been trying to leave the lifestyle uh, or create a new identity. At first we thought he was going to leave the lifestyle. Now we're not so sure because it's like, oh, so you're not leaving the lifestyle. You're still going to be a gangster.
0: Well, has he been in cahoots and for who
1: and why? But what's great about this is we know Moses Tripoli from season one. Yep. Now, if we go back to season one, and we've mentioned <laughs> we've been we've been waiting to bring up this mob boss for a long time. I mean, I mean, we have brought it up. We've been waiting for well, I, I, before
0: Bear was dead or yeah. while he was dead. I brought him up. Don't yeah. care just because his eating habits.
1: Right. So we are constantly wanting to reference that guy, and I'm I'm so happy that we we now do get to reference him because right. in season one the mob boss is eating like a bear. Uh, yeah. We uh we realized that's Moses Tripoli, and now. This is Hansi's new identity, which is pretty crazy to think that now there's there's all kinds of theories about this um, People are like, well, clearly he would have gone through like extensive plastic surgery and they they literally reference plastic surgery in this conversation between Hansi and the identity broker or whatever he is <laughs> well, yeah, well.
0: We um, do. We do know that plastic like surgery. <laughs> that we do know that plastic surgery back in the seventies
1: looks like shit. So we'll see. So maybe that was the maybe. The, mm-hmm. here, here's the deal. And just I say it. Just say it. Ways. Say uh, what I think we're gonna differ here, and, I, and I'm looking forward to this. So, people are saying, "Well, there's no way that 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 he could have gone undergone that amount of surgery to look like that."
0: Or they're disagreeing with brush, Noah's choice to insinuate that.
1: Yeah, I think brush that all off the table. It doesn't matter. That's my that's my stance because had had the character been in season 1 been a native american and then we come into season 2 and there's this native american sort of outcast, it would have been too obvious. I'm glad that they were they look completely differently cuz that doesn't change the story for me. It just it just helps the surprise. Okay. Do you sure. know what I mean? Nope. Does that make sense? No, you don't know what I mean? No, because I don't agree. Okay. Well But I'm willing to hear you. No. T- talk. Talk to me. Talk to me, Bill.
0: I think Hansi is far more intelligent than a gluttonous fucking fat pig in season one. I don't think it's possible for him to degrade himself to this just tam, tam, pam, put my head back. Sure. sure. He, he's never gonna sense. he's never going to be sling blade fat Billy Bob. Mm hmm. French fried potatoes. Or but they potaters. do
1: speak the in the same way.
0: I just, I I understand. It's funny how the the identity broker guy
1: looks kind of like that mob boss. That's the thing <laughs> I think is
0: interesting is that that guy looks like it. So yeah. maybe how many? Here's the other thing. How do we know how many people did they give that identity to?
1: Right. Maybe that's maybe he gives that to. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just, that's I, I, maybe maybe
0: it's my desire to feel that Ohanzi Dent is is better sure than a lot of those things he's far more clever I, and more I completely skilled I agree than be, uh, slowly and you know what we're gonna we're to gonna play the character. scene we're gonna play the scene eventually maybe he changes but but or maybe it's a it, it's a maybe it's a it, it's just a, a a name you know some people
1: call me Lucifer
0: some people call me Satan some okay some people call me I think <laughs> I
1: think the reality is some people I think, I think call me Moses Tripoli is. This is, I smell a prequel to Face Off. Mm. Yeah. Sasha,
0: Sasha, what the fuck? (laughs) Yes, that is a line. That is my only quotable line from Face Off.
1: (laughs) Sasha, what the fuck? (laughs) That's a good one.
0: It is. I feel like I need to look that up on the YouTubes now.
1: I mean, I wouldn't.
0: Advertise that uh, I, I, I guess here's but, my deal Is it, it really comes down to uh, I think
1: Hanzi Rips that guy's face off Later on In this park And sews it onto His own face And what happened Wait what He's Buffalo that, Bill Yeah In a, in a way <laughs> I mean That's how it had to be In the 80's that, There weren't okay. Like, like face off Wasn't advanced technology
0: Well let's just Let's just play this but, And then we'll talk <laughs> some more We'll talk just Or a, argue Whatever you a, want to call. Something
1: Structural a yeah, whole new man.
0: A whole new man,
3: like the phoenix rising from the ashes. What do
1: you do then? I wonder. He's literally talking look, about but, plastic okay, surgery. Join right.
0: Fine, I'm backing this up. So this guy's handed off a new identity, told Hansi to move on and look different. But go, let's go back again and listen to the way this guy next to him, who's given him this name, talks. And then think about the clip you're going to make me play later. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to throw a wrench in this, and I might be fucking wrong. I don't care. Look at this guy. Something Listen to his gravelly voice. Whole new man,
3: like the phoenix rising from the ashes.
1: He's talking about himself.
3: What do you do then? I wonder. Join a new
2: empire? Maybe start one of my own.
0: Maybe this is where that guy gets the so idea. That yep. Too, I maybe this is where this fucking fat fuck meets the thing but that other guy has more hair than this guy if we're gonna get literal let's go. collapse and fall into the sea falling into the sea
3: do I take it you'll try to get revenge on Kansas City apprehend those responsible cause you can bet Kansas City will be heavily guarded
2: not apprehend
3: but this okay. is where
0: he uses the tone in his don't language
1: do
2: heavily guarded don't care into the sea
3: Kill and be killed. Head in the bag. You will walk back he no.
0: So what I, a little bit for me though is that this is just an overarching theme. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know that it means they have to be the same person. And I'm not saying I know for sure. I'm, I'm just having this moment where I'm like, we're being far too fucking literal. Right, I agree. That that it's the literally some people, you know, <laughs> fine, we'll go Monty Python. I said Satan, Lucifer. <gasps> some people call me Tim.
1: If you don't know that line, so sorry. I, I do agree that there's no way Hansi would turn into this big gluttonous, fat bastard mob boss. Right. That's just not his style.
0: Don't trust anything that comes from the sea. I just,
1: I, I, his, but I liked, I liked the idea of uh you know, pre. Here's the deal, Hansie.
0: Hansi is the quiet, unassuming Mike Milligan. He's his character for, for a murderer. He just has far too much grace. I feel like, unless that's, hey, maybe that's America. Corporations move in. You get your face fixed, and you turn into fucking shit. Okay, never mind.
1: It's totally plausible. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think you're right in the sense that, that as that guy's talking about that, like, you know, maybe he should become a whole new man. I think he is like, there's a there's a twinkle in his eye, a dream, mm-hmm. rather, uh, where he's thinking about, yeah, maybe I should do this. Maybe okay. I already made these Moses Tripoli identity cards. Maybe I should just be Moses Tripoli. Yeah, like, how, <laughs> well, like,
0: like hey, I already, because we've already seen,
1: we've already seen a, a, a strong
0: instance of people not giving a fuck about Native Americans. Well, well, who cares if I create a new identity in the same name? We'll just be like, well, what Native American's real name is Moses Triple E? Bullshit, Gordon Lightfoot. I don't know. I picked up, picked up. <laughs> but here's the deal this is Burden's Ass uh, from, from season one, episode six. Dead. What's that?
3: Not apprehend. Dead. Don't care, extramarital. Don't care, not related. Kill and be killed. Head in the bag. There's
1: the
0: message. I'm loving my course, theory course. way more. That this guy is stealing Hansi's material. Yeah,
1: he is stealing Hansi's material.
0: But look, he's got hair. See this, how this guy's got hair? Plugs, man. Well, it's I know. I'm just saying. But, but then I'll come back to the whole, like, I just, to some degrees, I want to stop being literal. Evil is evil in the world. They take the shape and form of many names, but sometimes under one name. Sure. And, and I'm not sure I'm willing to call Hansi evil either, though. I really am not sure. So there, there's, I am a little bit
1: disappointed in that he wants to start, you know, a crime family of his own. I thought he was just going to use this as—I thought he was going to get out, um, he, he start get into a prog rock band. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very obviously, we we see wrench in numbers. Yes, in the in the ballpark. Um, so that that was a nice little addition. We got to see wrench. We got to see numbers. We got to see uh, a grown up Molly. We got to see the older Lou, mm-hmm. um, Lauren Malvo. Everybody came back for the finale, which was really fun.
0: Yes. Uh. So mm, Mike Milligan. Mike Milligan. Um, not t- t- too t- much
1: to go over there. I think it's, it's pretty just, obvious.
0: It's, it's a it's a sad. It, it's I really do think it is just the mom and pop thing of like it takes over. It turns us into a corporation. It's this is this is what happens is that you you work your ass off and you end up in a cube. Yep. It's the beginning of a certain amount of stuff and and that it's a shifting time and that it turns out that the original people Mike was harassing over it that that was talking about the wave of the future and even a woman can use it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he ends up behind a blue IBM Selectric. Mm-hmm. Um, it's palindrome. Palindrome. It's or it's it, that's why I still go with pendulum. It's like it starts here, goes out, and it swings back to this similar. Yeah, I don't know. I feel you. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Start, Noah Holly. My, we name, met, is, my name is. My name is Bill. Mike. Please call me.
1: <laughs> we met Mike in the typewriter shop. Yep, and he ended. it. He ends, behind, he ends
0: behind a typewriter to some degree, and that's what I'm saying. Like even if you talk about the first time we saw him, it's like no, but he. he this is this is where yeah. we this is where we got some of these people.
1: Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> okay,
0: wow. Um, and, and just the idea of golf and what it's becoming, and oh, 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 just that. Uh, that pretty soon, corporations become the real crooks. Oh. That's palindrome. what I was. Palindrome. <laughs> no, that's not the palindrome. But that's the that's my that's my point is that I'm eventually, say palindrome. After even, eventually, like it's it the out. it's the corporations who are the real crooks. Some to some degree. Right. Palindrome. Um, yeah. Palindrome. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> puppy mills. Uh so we we get back to the Salverson house. Um, Hank's okay. Lou's okay. Betsy's alive. Molly's happy. N- Noreen is evidently settled in. Right. I guess so. Yeah, Yeah. I think you
1: are. They basically adopting Noreen. I think
0: it's I think it's great that she's she's signed on to be a helper, and I think that being in that true family life, based on the fact that she's an emancipated teen, is what's giving her the the ability to see past the Camus she's reading, which she hasn't actually finished. If you look, she looks like she's got about thirty to forty pages left, so she hasn't even finished the Myth of Sisyphus* yet. Um, you know that's it's only been a week, dude. Yeah, but that's pretty typical of any teenager. You read a book and you're not even finished and you've already formulated full thoughts about what it means about life. Um, But uh, I love the uh, line about the gunfight interrupted by spacecraft and leave it as subtext. Right. I think about that and I also think about what we try to draw out of these episodes.
1: There's subtext. You just got to leave it. Sure. That's fair. I'm in yeah hank's so crazy i was uh yeah uh I was
0: Hank's crazy room or where are you going?
1: well, I was just gonna say that i i was pleasantly surprised surprised uh by seeing Hank survive and betsy survive
0: uh I think that once we got past two once we got past the incredibly tense Milligan thing, I thought there was a very serious likelihood that Hank would survive. I just guess I didn't verbalize that on the show.
1: No. I thought for sure he was a goner. But I've talked about that before. Yeah. Well, like, you
0: did you thought he was a goner, or you were just worried he was a goner?
1: I thought he was a goner for sure. Oh, okay. I thought he was going to be gone by the second episode. <laughs> oh. Uh Or at least Sioux Falls. I mean, come on. Who survived yeah. Sioux Falls? Yeah. I don't even know where I want to end this, but we should probably wrap it up. Well... We learned about uh, Hank's language that he wants to make,
0: which you know is is you can say it's trite or it's not, but it's it is it's a it's about communication and belief and understanding that that does that. I did not have a time to look into the Great Brain, the John D. Fitzgerald book um, that got put back on the shelf. I I don't think things get shown by accident
1: by any means. Well, what? what that book is about it's a, it's a series actually okay uh, and the great brain w- ended up turning into they made that into a movie in 1978 so it's very relevant for the oh time. okay um but it's a series by john fitzgerald and it's basically essentially about you know small town culture racism religion crime um all the big things it's 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 what the show is all about right you know those are the basic points i mm-hmm. think that's just i think that's just there for that reason that that was at that time that was a symbol of all those types of things and that type of storytelling sure. and that's what we're witnessing okay uh, um i do think that hank's secret language not really secret language he wants it to be a, a global language um i think that's very fitting for somebody probably of that time i mean you're not on the internet you're not like it's a hobby of his and i feel like that he probably thinks it's really important, and it's something to pass the time. It's not necessarily not necessarily gonna catch on, but
0: I think it's the fact that he, he like
1: feels like he's making a difference.
0: Well, yeah that that it's uh y- there could be far worse hobbies for a man to take up in in a widower like that. Um, but yeah, I I just hear I'm just gonna play this real quick. Okay. this is this is where I want to work towards rapping to. Hank and Betsy and bed.
1: We also learned that Lou has sciatica Yep A limp I think Good night, Mr. Salverson
3: Good night, Mrs. Salverson All the ships at sea
1: And that's I know, it. That's I kn- how the show ends. I know we've talked about all the ships at sea, and we've gone over that uh, in previous episodes, but yep. do you find any symbolism in the fact that when they're sitting around on the couch uh, and they're talking about their, their aches and their pains and you know, what? Hank's shot and Betsy has cancer and Lou has sciatica, and there's a, a painting above Lou and Betsy, and he says all the ships at sea, and there's a, a painting of a sea with one ship in it? Yep. And then if you cut
0: all the way back, there's a body of water, uh, between, um, in, in very early in the episode, um, when she has the dream, here it is. There's a body of water over their table. And if you and really, if you want to get really, really nerdy, if you go, if you own it and you go to four sixteen, and they show the kitchen table, the kitchen table in Molly Salverson's home with Colin Hanks, whose name in the escapes me, but, um, Gus, yes. Gus Grimley. Thank you. Um, That is the actual table from the 70s, all the way down to the upholstery. It's the same table. Mm. So they eventually
1: move that table into their home and they use it. I Uh, see that. And there's a body of water with no ships in it.
0: There's also a, by the way, read into it what you want. There is a glowing orb in the shape (laughs) of an oval as a light above their table. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there certainly is.
0: I'm reading all those weird like symbols. I just it's but so here's the deal. It, it, I think it was a. It, I think it was a really fun season. I think there's a lot of room to be right. I think there's a lot of room to be wrong. And uh, either way, it's it's good fun. It's 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 great to look into and it's great to think about.
1: It's fun to think about. Yeah, it really is. So, and although this is the last episode of the show and. Technically, the last episode of the podcast. It doesn't mean it is the end of the podcast necessarily, because we're working on some possibilities for some future shows that may come out in a week or two or a month or two. We don't know. We're gonna keep kind of deep diving into some things, and yeah. if we can get a hold of some some people that worked on the show, we'll do a show. Yes, uh, and you never know when they'll come out. But nope. In and terms because... of the uh, the official schedule, right? This this will be the end.
0: This will be the well. This will be the end of like regularly scheduled things. But right. so I would say keep subscribed, keep following us on Twitter on at Fargo Talks Fargo and Facebook slash Fargo Talks Fargo. And yeah. uh, I, I it, you got to remember too that there's a lot of people that aren't watching the show live because we're getting we've got some emails from people who are just getting into hey, season we got one. One viewer live. We have a viewer. <laughs> Somebody just tuned in finally. Um, so. So yeah, we, we uh, but I just want to say a real quick, uh, and, and I'm sure I'm going to miss a few people here, so I, I apologize if I miss you. Um, but Matt and I are, are... Sorry, I just called you Matt again in front of people. Sharpie Not and I... my real name. Uh, oh,
1: here's the thing. bastard. We
0: haven't done it. We, you know what? Here's the deal. Sharpie and I are going to re- record a... Or do a secondary little thing of some sort because we haven't discussed before this episode about who is going to win the hashtag Fargo oh, yeah. Survival Kit. So that keep an eye out for that. It's coming up. Send in your last things because we're willing to take quotes for the next day or so. Yep. And then um, just so you know, there's more than one prize, and we've, we got, we've got a few more things.
1: more than one prize now. So thank please, you,
0: uh, please coming. try to stick to the. Sorry for the folks that are overseas. It's just yeah, but um, we we couldn't do this without uh, guests like John Lamb. We couldn't do this without thank guests you, John. like huh? Thank yeah, you, John. Yeah, thank you. I think you said Joan. I'm like Joan Cusack. What are you talking about? Yeah, she was um, on the show. You were. No, she was, oh, you missed that day. But, um, thanks to all the people who've been con- contributing and sending us emails. We've, I mean, D- Daryl, James, um, R- oh, God, Ruben, uh, Chad, Chad, I'm trying to skip all like on full names cause you never know. Just Scott, just your notification on your screen. Scott, I didn't see that. Uh, it said, Dustin. Moses
1: Tripoli is now following Bill. Olympia. Oh, this is great. <laughs> uh,
0: Robert, um, Gretchen, did I already say your name? Gretchen? Uh um, uh Regina and I know she and her son are following. Uh and um uh, I'm I'm gonna say this. I feel like I'm gonna say this wrong. I know you've been following us and and uh, uh Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, but thank you for listening in Hungary. We really appreciate you checking it out and we really appreciate the notes you sent in to us. Um you had some questions about season three, but we're not ready to go there yet. We don't know. So uh, that's the that's the scoop. Owen oh, Carmelo for being on the show again, yes, and and, you, and also I, I, Sharpie and I had just hardcore geek out, heartthrob fun with uh, Maggie Phillips and Jeff Russo a few weeks ago. But like I yep. said, we're we're gonna still work on some stuff. And and you know what? If we do something that y- we think you might be of interest, we may tweet it out on our our channels. That it may not have to do with Fargo. But yes, doing a TV show is kind of hard. So um, it, it's been a really fun season. We've, we're have we already, I mean, I'm in for season three. Are you in for season three? I'm in. Yeah, we're doing this. So. Let's do it. So every year we hope it gets a little better and we try to stay a little bit more sober than usual. So um, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Uh, there'll, there'll be more to come. This isn't the end of the road. go to the end of the road no i can't go sorry for the boys to men. uh and patrick patrick too patrick too. uh daniel uh yeah so cape
1: cod scott cape cod scott oh he sent us in some scott scott
0: scott sent us some great stuff and scott actually cape cod scott (laughs) actually made chislik so jesus we gotta send that guy something fucking awesome just for actually making chislik so
1: I like that, how he said thank it. He you, thank you, thank
0: you, thank you to Noah and all the folks at FX for doing what they do, and the cast and crew uh, for putting on what, such a, such a great season. It's been fun. So, uh, okay then, is this Sharpie. it, I think it's it for now. I mean, let's we're, you, kind of let's, sad. Uh, Should you, we just keep recording? Have, <laughs> no, <laughs> have, <laughs> let's, let's here. I'll just uh, probably here. not.
1: We'll fix this. We'll, oh God! Oh, hold God. on! I'm making so much okay. noise. Here we go. All right. Bill's taking his pants
0: well, off. Well, folks. Until next time. See you then. Oh wait! <laughs> there what? it is. You, you, this one's is one's your up. epiphany? Nope, this you is not my epiphany. epiphany? That one's not coming back <laughs> to me. So sorry that we lost like two days of the podcast. Nope. Uh, th- thank you very, very much to FargoBrewing.com. So yes. go to FargoBrewing.com and check them out. And if you come into the store or buy their beer, even a clerk at some store out of our area, just say Bill and Sharp sent me. <sighs> <laughs> totally going to cut that out. You're a dick. Don't cut that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We uh, we really do appreciate you. I do not appreciate Matt's breath after flying on a flight and drinking beer.
1: Goodbye. Say something nice to people after you just did. That, I'm you sad. Asshole. I don't want to say goodbye. This is gonna be my Midwestern goodbye. It's gonna be like another half an hour. So, all right, folks. Okay, then. All right, now, but for realsies. peace. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Send us more thoughts. <laughs> this is a, <laughs> this is what's called a Minnesota long
0: goodbye, Sharpie. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Later. But for real. No, but seriously. <laughs> Stop. Stop okay. doing it. Okay, bye. <laughs> How long do you think we can do this? Well, there's got to be a couple other things we could talk about.
0: No, there isn't. Okay. All right. Sign- <laughs> signing off, Bill and Sharpie, both in Fargo tonight. Fargo, North Dakota. Yes, live from Fargo. And follow me on Twitter. At, at C-H-A-R-P-I-E,
1: Sharpie. C-H-A-R-P-I-E, at
0: Sharpie. At lempy L-E-M-P-E. And at Fargo Talks Fargo.
1: Later, folks. Bye.